0: Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from The Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula.
1: That was Leopardactyl with the Purple Stuff Podcast theme song, Matt. I am just
2: in complete shock that we have our own theme song.
1: I have to say, it is so perfect for this show. And I'm really happy that these guys did it. And they have a badass name, too.
2: Leopardactyl. Yeah, it's like a leopard and a pterodactyl. That's so cool. For a second, I thought it was like a diseased person and a pterodactyl. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no. Leprosy. Yeah, Leprosy Dactyl.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to thank them for making our theme song. And you can check them out at Facebook.com Leperdactyl.
2: Yes, you really should. That was so cool of them. Thank you, Leperdactyl. The D is not silent.
1: Yes, you're right. Exactly.
2: So what are we going to do tonight, Matt? Well, speaking of songs, tonight we're actually going to discuss 13 of our favorite songs for the Halloween season. That's right, Matt. The Purple Stuff Podcast
1: presents our Halloween playlist. A small portion of it, at least. Right, exactly. And these are also songs that are good for Halloween parties or just hanging out at your house. We want it to be a fun sort of Halloween playlist for a party or a get-together or just hanging out.
2: Yeah, a lot of our listeners actually requested this subject for a podcast, so we're happy to oblige.
1: That's right, Matt. A lot of people asking about it. And this is a topic that we cannot wait to dive into. And that's what I'm going to do right now with my first pick.
0: Number one.
1: And that was Halloween by The Misfits, released on Halloween of 1981 from the horror punk legends from Lodi, New Jersey. This song delves into the darker
2: side of Halloween.
1: And there's not one song that epitomizes Halloween for me more than this song.
2: The Misfits, they're the ones that used to be on um, WCW, I knew you were going to say that, yes. Yeah, Jerry Only. (laughs) Jerry Only and Vampiro going up against Conan and Rey Mysterio.
1: I love that that's your tidbit for the Misfits.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what. That's my only tidbit for the Misfits.
1: (laughs) Judging by the time frame that this came out, it gives it that sort of garage band quality to it, which I think adds to the mystique. Like it kind of has that a little bit lower quality. The single came out. With an orange cover, the the vinyl album, and it has like an angry pumpkin on it and a bunch of skulls. So it's very Halloween-y for me. And it also features the first appearance of their logo, which is based off the famous Monsters of Filmland font on that magazine.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're right. This is definitely one of my favorite Halloween songs. And I look forward to hearing it for the first time as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> Matt, what's up next from you on the Halloween playlist? All right, here's my first pick for this 13 Halloween song, Hootenanny.
0: Number two.
2: was Obsession from Freddy's Greatest Hits by the Elm Street Group in 1987. A Freddy Krueger album, Jay. A Freddy Krueger music album. (laughs) A legitimate one that was not like some novelty gag or movie soundtrack bullshit deal. This was absolutely perfect, brilliant, motherfucking great music. And I don't care what you're about to say, I'm right.
1: (laughs) Well, I can personally attest that this is one of your all-time favorite albums. To you, in your own mind,
2: you're not overselling this. I don't think anyone who's listened to this album would think I'm overselling it. This is unbelievable. You would hear like a Freddy Krueger album, and you would imagine it to be like this hokey fucking bullshit deal where you have Robert Englund going, ah, the whole way through. Wait, that's not what it is? (laughs) No, that is what it is, but it's also really good music, so... I mean, yeah, you get what you're expecting, but you get so much more. To me, this is Shirley Manson meets The Waitresses. It is a godsend, and you are making a critical error if you don't go on eBay and pay whatever it costs to get this album.
1: You've paid for this album a hundred times over by writing thousands of words about this album online.
2: I will never run out of things to say about Freddie's Greatest Hits by the Elm Street Group in 1987.
1: You like this album in the same way that I like Blair Witch 2.
2: No, no, that's not true. You like Blair Witch 2 because nobody else does. That's I like true. this. I like this because it deserves to be liked. I
1: think you like it because of the crazy red cover, and that's your favorite color.
2: No, I'm not. I'd look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that cover is not suitable for framing because it is. <laughs> and it, And I have it framed, and it's hanging in my living room, and I look at it 20 fucking times an hour. But you put that on a record player and you move that little stick, needle, pencil thing. You are in for 45 minutes of pure bliss.
1: Is it really 45 minutes? Because I don't know if I can withstand 45 minutes with that album.
2: (laughs) I don't know. Um, It it might be like 20 minutes, but it's really good. It's a really good 20 minutes.
1: You're the only person that uh, requested that the National Archives submit this into their uh, music list. (laughs) Number three. And that was every day is halloween from ministry the chicago-based industrial band and that was released back in 1984 how do you feel about that matt
2: well i mean it's a cliche pick obviously it's the most on-the-nose halloween song possible i mean i think monster mash would be the only one that could be more cliche At the same <laughs> time it's you have to include it like it's criminal not to so if it wasn't you it was gonna be me
1: Yeah, the way I think of it is what Jingle Bells is to Christmas, this song is to Halloween. And it puts me right in the Halloween spirit. And it's just so much fun. It's got that sort of new wave synth goth vibe to it. Yeah. And the the lyrics are talking about how, you know, feeling like an outcast and you're different. And I kind of relate to that because in high school, I used to walk around in Austin 316 shirts and an occasional Hawaiian shirt. You know, I wasn't goth, but I could still relate to being an outsider.
2: Huh. I, I couldn't. I mean, I've always fit in pretty well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Walking around with your vinyl uh, f- obsession, Freddy album. <laughs> yeah,
2: amongst yeah. other paraphernalia. The thing about Ministry that always throws me off is that I think this is like not really the vibe of most of their songs. Is that true?
1: I've heard some of their other tracks, and it, most of them are similar. It's a little bit, a little bit crazier. You know, this one's a little bit more fun and jovial.
2: Right, because I mean, I've looked them up on Google and I've seen their pictures and I'm like, it's not really my my usual type of band.
1: Yeah, I don't picture, the you know, I pictured a completely different looking band. How about you? What's next on your Halloween playlist?
2: Okay, you'll know this one right away.
1: Number four.
2: Horse was the friday the 13th part 3 theme song from friday the 13th part 3 in 1982 composed by uh the legendary harry manfredini yes what do you think about this song
1: this is disco jason and it is one of my most favorite songs ever and it puts me in the kind of euphoric mood
2: absolutely
1: harry manfredini is also known for one of my other favorite horror movie scores and that is Wishmaster.
2: You love Wishmaster. Yep. I never knew this about you until this week. You're like crazy for those those red wishy devil dudes. <laughs> the djinns. The jins. The <laughs> yeah, he uh, he did a lot. In fact, you hear this Friday 13th 3 theme, and you don't connect it to the original theme in any way, but Manfredini, he did both of them. And a lot of fans aren't too fond of the part three song they think it's cheesy and of course it is cheesy i probably wouldn't really like friday 13th if not for this song i think it's the thing that turned me from like a curious viewer to a rabid viewer
1: and one thing that fans of the series have to remember if they're against this song is that it goes along with the theme of the film it was a 3d film it was a lot of fun when it came out seeing a horror movie in 3d and Jason's sticking things into the screen and everybody's getting crazy. It was just a fun, huge movie. And that goes right along with it, especially it was very of the times. It sounded exactly what you would hear on the radio and, you know, in 1982 or whenever it came out,
2: there were a lot of third movies in, in various franchises that did the 3d gimmick. And all of them had that same tone where even if it was a horror movie, The idea was more like you were going on a roller coaster.
1: Exactly.
2: Like really, like a really mainstream crowd went to those movies, specifically because they they weren't their sorts of movies.
1: An over the top horror movie needs an over the top theme song.
2: Right. Exactly. What do you got next?
1: The next selection on my playlist is number five.
3: Fright Night.
1: And that was the spooky sounds of the Jay Giles band with Fright Night, the title song from Fright Night, 1985. And it's totally cheesy and spooky, but I love it because it was so, so much fun, especially back then when it came out. But an official soundtrack was never released. So I sort of settled on becoming obsessed with the music video for this one. And the lead singer of the Jay Giles band at the time was a guy named Seth Justman. Mm-hmm. In the video, they're performing this song on stage, and there's all kinds of candles in the background, and they're trying to make it look scary, and he's jumping up and down and clapping, and they're doing, like, freeze frames, and it was it's super, super 80s, you know? But then there's uh, they're flashing to these windows floating around the screen, and they're showing scenes from the movie Fright Night. So after you see some of these scenes, toward the end of the video, you see a shot of a bunch of people's feet bouncing back and forth. And then in in the middle is uh, these giant monster feet, like Godzilla feet. And, and, like, it's completely out of nowhere. You just see these feet bouncing back and forth and then Godzilla feet, just for no apparent reason. It was almost like on the set they had Godzilla feet laying around. Hey, let's throw this into the video because it has absolutely nothing to do with anything.
2: There are parts where you just assume that they couldn't match up the lip syncing mm-hmm. and they just threw in these random feet shots to just cover their, their mistakes.
1: At the end of the video, uh, Seth Justman, the lead singer, grabs a bunch of things in his hand <laughs> <laughs> and he's about to throw them out to the crowd and you're looking and you're like, what is that? So what does he toss out, Matt?
2: 10 cent plastic vampire fangs
1: yeah he's tossing out vampire fangs to the girls in the front and they're putting them in their mouths and they're like showing yeah, them like, they're acting
2: like they're acting like they're Mardi Gras and these are the beads <laughs> yeah. like it's insane like oh come on you would get those at any vending machine in any supermarket in the country
1: yeah but like once they put them in and, and the camera is shooting to them it, and they're just standing there like awkwardly smiling of it- course because yeah. you
2: put those pieces of <laughs> shit in your mouth they make your mouth hurt no, like, but they, don't, they don't fit
1: in well. It's almost like they're taking, like, glamour shots with them on. It's, it's so ridiculous, but it's awesome. Everybody needs to see that. We're shooting to you, Matt. What is your next choice on the Halloween playlist?
2: Okay. I'm a little nervous about this one.
0: Number six.
2: That was science fiction double feature from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sung and written by Richard O'Brien in nineteen seventy-three for the play, but of course everyone remembers it more from the movie, which which it opened.
1: Right, and Richard O'Brien of course is Riff Raff.
2: Hello. Yeah, I know there's songs in that soundtrack and that are more fun and they're bigger and they're probably a lot more remembered. And, like, I certainly would lean more towards the Tim Curry songs than this one. But if you listen to the lyrics and the composition of this song, I think he had never been more inspired to make music than he was with this one.
1: Yeah, you're getting, like, ten choices here for the price of one song on your playlist. Because there's references to all kinds of B-horror movies, right?
2: Yeah, there's, I think, eleven references to various, like, fifties and maybe some sixties horror movies. King Kong and... Well, King Kong is obviously from earlier, but The Day the Earth Stood Still. Even tarantulas in there. Yeah. So, a great song.
1: In the beginning of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the film, you see the lips singing the song, and those lips belong to Patricia Quinn, who was also in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. My next pick involves a little bit of rap and a little bit of monsters. Number
0: seven. Monster
3: rap, everybody snap, everybody move, everybody clap. Wolfman howling at the moon, hairy guys just make me swoon. Sprays his hair with the doll Sassoon. What? You mean that's all we? Can't see the invisible man, can't see his invisible tan, can't see his invisible hand.
1: And that was Elvira with Monster Rap. (laughs) And traditionally, you wouldn't know Elvira, the horror host of the late night horror films. She is not essentially known as a rapper, of course. You know, there's a breakdown in the song where she does this crazy rap. It almost reminds me of the breakdown in Madonna's Vogue. Where she starts rapping, but she's rapping all about horror films and horror movie actors and actresses.
2: This song is so good.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And then so she does, she's rhyming everything. And it's like, it's like poetry to me. You know, like one of the lines is, they're all monsters that I love. Freddy Krueger gives good
2: glove. Like that's, that's music to my ears. Totally. And she's like the only person who could possibly get away with singing things like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, who needs Tupac when you have Elvira? Just yeah. have her rap everything.
2: But even aside from rap, she did other Halloween songs, and she makes pretty good creepy music.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and- I
2: hear she does it all on her own with no no production guys. Like, she handles all the instruments. Really? No. <laughs> I don't even know if that's really her voice. But let's just assume it is. And what a what a treat Monster Rap is. Like if you are not an Elvira fan or you've just never crossed paths with her, don't overlook this song. It does not require Elvira fanship to enjoy. It is perfect for anyone's Halloween playlist. Yeah.
1: And I love the tongue in cheek lyrics, and I'd like to put my tongue in her cheek.
2: God, you are really into her. I love her. <laughs> wow. That sounded that sounded just a little bit creepy.
1: Matt, what's up next for you on the Halloween playlist?
2: Okay, uh, here we go with my next pick.
1: Number
0: eight. I don't want to be buried
3: in a big cemetery.
2: That was Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, written, of course, for Stephen King's Pet Cemetery in 1989. Yep, and I never
1: understood why they spell it with an S, and no one can answer my question. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here. Okay. I've, not re- I've not read the book. Yeah. But you would assume that a pet cemetery didn't have like an official entrance. It was sort of just like the neighborhood knew it was the entrance. Uh huh. So maybe somebody who didn't know how to really spell any words just wrote pet cemetery on a piece of cardboard and hung it up. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what it was. Phonetically speaking, cemetery would be spelled this way. Yeah. Anyway, uh that's one of the few mainstream horror movies that still gets me. Like I still have a hard time watching Pet Cemetery.
1: I have a confession. I've never seen Pet Cemetery. What? <laughs> Are you for real? I'm being for real. I'm for
2: reals. You've seen every movie. Every movie ever made. <laughs> This is the only one that I've never How, seen. How that's—I mean, I—I I almost don't know if you're like playing a trick on me because that seems hard to believe. But you need to change that like right now. It's so creepy.
1: As soon as we finish the podcast, I'm going to get it. I'm going to to uh, Easy Video.
2: Cool. One last note about the song. Um, it's really about the refrain because you're not going to understand what Joey Ramone is singing through most of it.
1: All right. Well, let's see if I can figure it out myself.
2: Pull up the song. Okay, got it. All right. Just tell me what the first line of it is. I or- bet you will come nowhere near it. Okay. I'm- All right.
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on. It's too loud. Hold on one second. Okay. Under the oath of a Ricky Steamboat. No, no, no! That's not even it's close. That what it is? No. no,
2: no! I want you to really listen. And give me like your your best shot. Okay. All right. Okay. Under the of a
1: Under the mode of uh, other sunboat. I don't know what he's saying.
2: Under the arc of a weather stained boards. A
1: uh, weatherstained boards.
2: Yeah, but you you can't understand a word he's saying. But I mean, I think there's a lot of Ramon's songs. It's almost like their gimmick. Yeah, they speak gibberish. Yeah. But you gotta love them and you gotta love the song, which, I mean, to my knowledge, was one of their biggest hits.
1: Pet Cemetery. Good one.
2: Thanks for the patronizing applause. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number nine.
3: Like to tell him about this guy. You all know me, and he's scared as hell. He comes to me at night I call him to bed. He's burnt up like a weenie, and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's going all the way, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe that there's a nightmare on my street.
1: That was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince with Nightmare on My Street. Mmm, mm-hmm. big song mm,
2: mm, 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 mm.
1: <laughs> from 1988 and uh the fresh prince and his record company actually got sued for this one did you know that
2: i heard something but I, is that true for real like legit true or just like an internet rumor
1: no it's a real thing because they wound up trying to sort of petition new line cinema to include this song on one of the nightmare on elm street soundtracks, which I believe it was before part four.
2: So they made it on spec?
1: Yeah, they they made it thinking, hey, we're going to submit this to New Line, and they're going to love it so much and include it on the album, on their soundtrack album, right? Oh, wow, really? What happened was uh, New Line said, hey, we don't want this song, and please stop using it because you're violating all kinds of copyright.
2: I always thought that that was actually Robert England in the song. It's not?
1: Apparently it was not. Yeah. And they did this all against the grain. They weren't allowed to do it. And it was basically kind of like, this is a popular thing. Let's sort of parody it. This is the cassette that I used to have when I was a kid. I used to put it in my white boom box. Right. And I played it so much that it was like spaghetti. All the tape came out all the time. I used to have to try to reel it back up with a pencil.
2: Oh, man. You, you know, that sucks when it happens, but you're always secretly glad that it did. It's fun.
1: Well, not me, because I had to go back to Tape World and buy another single.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I miss Tape World. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I never knew that about this song. I thought it was all on the, like, pretty much on the up and up.
1: Yeah, and uh, you'll notice when you're listening to the song that it does borrow from the Nightmare on Elm Street theme. You know, the actual theme song in the background. Yep. It sort of follows... The type of storyline that one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies would, would go by, where the Fresh Prince is kind of getting haunted by Freddy in one of his dreams.
2: You can argue that the song was a parody and maybe it was fair use, whatever the hell, but they actually put in Freddy Krueger. Like, they, yeah, I thought, I always thought that that was actually Robert England You
1: know, I figured if it, if it really was him, they probably would have struck a deal, you know?
2: Yeah, that's why I guess you're right. I mean, it's this this wild and crazy story must be true. As much as I like the, the Fat Boy song, I think I like this one better.
1: Oh, this one definitely edges it out. The lyrics to that Fat Boy song are <laughs>
2: completely ridiculous.
1: <laughs>
2: the name is Freddy, and I'm here to say I'll <laughs> wrap you up and take you away. If you feel like you're tired and ready for bed, don't fall asleep or you'll wake up dead. That's the song, right? You did that really well. Yeah, well, I mean, I have a history with rap. <laughs>
1: Well, that was good. What is your next choice, Matt? Here you go. Number
2: 10. That was Killer Clowns from Outer Space by the Dickies in nineteen eighty eight. Obviously it was the theme song to the Killer Clowns from Outer Space movie, which I completely adore.
1: <laughs> I like how you started that out like you were on like light FM.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is Matt from the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'll be with you all night here on Podbean.
1: That was the Dickies with Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
2: The Dickies. Have you I mean you've seen this movie, right?
1: Yes. And it is terrifying.
2: Terrifying and awesome. It's one of the definitively bizarre 80s horror movies. And it's also just like a lot of fun. For me, it's always been, at least in terms of tone, a mix between Friday the 13th and Pee-Wee's Big Adventure.
1: Yeah, that's a good account. And I'm, I'm saying terrifying, but more scarring would be the better word. Oh yeah, you'll never forget it. Yeah, I saw it when I was real young, and it definitely left an impression on me. I'm not a person who is scared of clowns either, but this was the one, like, all the things you would see in a funhouse, but, like, amped up to, like, a hundred.
2: You know, it's funny you mention that, because I was afraid of clowns, and I did not see this movie as a kid. In Mm -hmm. fact, its video is still, to this day, one of the ones that scares me the most, because I remember seeing that bitch in Blockbuster and being like, (laughs) no fucking way. And the one blockbuster that we had near here, there was this employee who constantly put it in the children's section as a joke. So, like, you'd be, like, passing the Wuzzles, uh, Muppet Babies, killer clowns from outer space with that big-ass clown on it. It was like
1: kryptonite to you.
2: It was. And the the song title is not misleading. It's right on point. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the movie really is about alien killer clowns who come here to destroy us.
1: Yeah, and it's got that circus-sounding guitar riff which just gets stuck in your ear. It's so awesome.
2: I know nothing else about the Dickies other than this song, but that's enough to make them like probably my third favorite band of all time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know much about them either, but definitely a good pick.
2: Good. Well, thanks for listening to the Dickies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Up next is my next choice for the Halloween playlist on the Purple Stuff podcast.
0: Number 11.
1: You just heard Trick or Treat from Fastway. Actually, that was by Sammy Kerr.
2: Oh, God. Not again.
1: (laughs) Not again. In the movie Trick or Treat from 1986, Sammy Kerr returns to Lake Ridge High School and plays this song at the school Halloween dance. You could picture it. It's the ghost of Sammy Kerr, you know, and he's a former rock star. Mm -hmm. And he's all kind of uh, demonic looking right back from the dead back from the dead on stage performing this song, shooting electricity bolts from his guitar and blowing people up. Oh, then he blows up his friggin drummer. Oh, and then he goes right into a guitar solo that is so electrifying that it teleports him all the way to the top of the glass backboard of the basketball hoop.
2: Oh my God. Uh, in the wait, high uh, school gym. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like Basketball hoop, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that that sounds, yeah, I, I mean, I'll clap again for that. <laughs> Good shit right there. Sammy Kerr, trick or treat. <sighs> and now, is this shit you're describing also in a music video?
1: Yeah, you could probably see it in the music video that they used to play. I think it got a little bit of airplay on MTV when the song was popular for maybe three days back in 1986.
2: And you said it was sung by Fast Getaway?
1: It's actually Fast Way. For fans of the film, it was sung by Sammy Kerr for all intents and purposes.
2: Right. What's Sammy Kerr up to these days?
1: He He's dead. Oh. Yeah, even the guy who played him is actually dead too.
2: Oh. Yeah. Oh! Oh! Uh, here's my next pick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number twelve.
3: Faith.
2: That was the killing moon from Echo and the Bunny in nineteen eighty four at this point, I think more people probably know it from Donny Darko than anything let me ask what what is your what is the, your thing with bunnies uh, you got bunny
1: you got Donny Darko? you know uh, a bunny very well
2: real- I, I do know a bunny very well um yeah. uh, you know their fur just feels so nice on my body. <laughs> So
1: tell me about this song from Echo and the Bunny Men. They're sort of like a kind of... Are they gothy? What is that situation?
2: Look, I know jack shit about Echo or his Bunny Men. I don't know anything about Donnie Darko either. Most of my information is pilfered from Wikipedia. But I will tell you that listening to the song makes me want to be the mysterious guy at the party who stands silently in the corner in a cool black jacket. Every time I hear it, I'm like, I wish I was 110 pounds and as pale
1: as ivory soap. The goth girls want to be on you and the goth guys want to be you.
2: You've heard this song now, right? You, let's be let's be real. You've listened to this.
1: I've listened, yes.
2: Now, you're telling me that you listen to that, and you just don't want to be a little bit cooler?
1: It's got a good vibe to it, especially for this time of year, so I know where you're coming from.
2: That's my last pick of the night. I hope I didn't end on a, a downbeat one.
1: No, because it, it leads into you turning into a vampire at this point in the show.
2: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> echo in the barn event
1: <laughs> And here we go with my last pick for the Halloween playlist.
2: Ah 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 Number 13
1: Doesn't that get you all charged up, Matt? That was Alice Cooper with Keeping Halloween Alive, the 2009 iTunes exclusive single, the old school rock song, that upbeat classic style of Alice Cooper. And that personally gets me crazy. I could just run around bouncing into walls and stuff. Such a great song.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, to answer a question that you just asked me like 10 minutes ago, it does get me charged up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just love that Alice on this track is boasting about how he's basically like, you know, he is the reason why Halloween continues, which I think is accurate.
2: I'll buy that. I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't follow Alice's career very closely, but I find him to be very, very likable. And I've never seen anyone say anything but positive things about him. He's the most likable, spooky guy in the world. Yeah, and he's great at golf. And he's great at golf. And he still fucking rocks it because I have friends who are really into him and they go to his concerts still and they're like, yeah, this isn't like some nostalgia tour. Yeah, that's me. He's doing it for real. Oh, you go go to these two? Yeah, I'm the one that tells you those things. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I I should have put two and two together since you're my only friend. (laughs) I
1: love the lyric where he says, it's my favorite time of year and I'm stealing the scene because you can cram fistfuls of Alice into your Halloween playlist. But the truth is this is the Anthem dedicated to the best holiday ever. And he genuinely loves Halloween and it is perfect to throw onto your Halloween playlist for your party. And it'll be a big hit.
2: And I also want to point out, if you go back, listen to the 12 other picks that we provided tonight on the purple stuff podcast, They're all pretty old compared to this one from ancient Alice Cooper, who is still making freaking Halloween songs.
1: Yeah, I think that's so cool that you pointed that out. Yeah, he's the elder statesman, and he's coming out with a brand new song all about Halloween, and it rocks.
2: It does rock. (laughs) No, that sounded like I wasn't being truthful, but I agree with you.
1: Yes, thanks. I appreciate that. So how do you feel about our playlist? Do you think that we could start releasing bootleg uh, CD mixtapes and all that kind of stuff for everybody?
2: I'm not quite there because I think and you're going to have the same problem that I did. Limiting us ourselves to 13 songs, poof. I mean, this is the one music genre that I'm actually into, spooky songs. Yeah. If I could list 100, I'm sure you could list 1,000.
1: Like you said, we can't just sit here for, you know, another six hours talking about this. So we had to narrow it down. And what better number to come up with than 13 for this uh, Halloween playlist?
2: Unlucky 13, classic gimmicky number. Yeah, I think it was the right move. <laughs> I wish should probably wrap up because my neighbor's dog's barking.
1: Yep, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. And we had a great time telling you about the Halloween playlist. We'd like to hear about some of your favorite Halloween tracks. So talk to us online. Talk to us on Twitter, on uh, Facebook.
2: Instagram.
1: Instagram, yeah.
2: Tinder. <laughs> Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> and and uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Ashley Madison. <laughs> Ashley, you know. No, that, that's a little blow, Jay. Don't bring that shit up. I'm cutting. I'm going to cut that out. Cut that out. Okay, cool. All right. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula.
1: I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. (laughs) Fuck you. Purple Stuff Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast.